This is your Field Pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your Field Pass for Thursday, August 9th, 2018. Happy Finals Week! Tonight, on the screens of over 600 movie theaters nationwide, the performances of the top 15 cores of the current season will be broadcast live. Tens of thousands of fans who can't be with us in Indianapolis will be watching the Drum Corps International World Class Prelims in the 15th annual Big Loud and Live Cinecast. 15 years is a big deal for Big Loud and Live, but those 15 years are just a fraction of the time that Steve Rondanero has devoted to broadcasting DCI events. Tonight's Cinecast will mark the 40th year that Reliable Rondo has been in what he lovingly calls the air chair for a DCI broadcast. Steve Rondanero has been around Drum Corps for so many years and is warm and open with fans who approach him. So many of us already know him and much of his story, or at least we feel like we know him. There is a nice, uh, complete bio of Steve from his 2013 induction into the DCI Hall of Fame online. Just Google Steve Rondanero, you'll find it. I asked Steve if he'd mind looking back over those four decades of broadcasting drum corps and a lifetime of participation in the activity, if he'd mind sharing some thoughts with the field pass, and he was kind enough to accept. So we sat down in the shade of a downtown Indy Plaza and chatted a bit yesterday. Many of us already know that Steve Rondanero was a member of the Squires Drum and Bugle Corps of Watkins Glen, New York. He joined when he was 10. What you might not know is that in his age-out year, Steve was also tasked with being the Corps' co-manager. He continued in that capacity even after he aged out. And something else you might not know. In 1975, the Squires almost made the top 12. They finished 13th, just six-tenths out behind Troopers. Steve wonders what it would have meant, ultimately, if Squires had made finals in 75. Who knows? And who knows how it might have foretold a different future, but even as it was, it just came as a wonderful surprise to all of us. It was, it was tall cotton that we weren't expecting. So no bitterness at all about not being in finals? No. no I mean, you look back and you say, wouldn't it have been nice? But, uh, you know, with 76, we came back with a better, stronger core and ended up 15th. So we then realized what a small town challenge we were facing if we, because, man, we really went at it hard in, in 76 and uh, ended up further down the ladder. And we realized the intensity of the competition at that point, at that level. You hear one name over and over when you talk to Steve Rondinero about his drum corps broadcasting career, Don Whiteley. Don was DCI's talented marketing manager in those early years. He is the one who first picked Steve Rondinero to be one of the television faces of DCI. That was in 1976 for a special live broadcast of DCI East in Allentown. Yeah, I'm in beautiful Rochester, New York at that time. I started as a, a senior on an internship out of Geneseo State and ended up with a lead story that night, my first day as an intern, which was a whole nother story. Wow. but. Uh, that turned into a full-time job after drum corps. I told him I'm happy to come full-time, but I can't start until after uh, the 76 drum corps season's over. And they held the job for me, bless them. And uh, at that point, of course, I'm working with Whiteley on trying to work the Squire's schedule. And uh, God, what a genius he was. He just, he knew how to promote this activity and had a passion for it and knew people and and what sold and what did we 
We earned a lot of free lunches doing McDonald's appearances in Keokuk, Iowa and places like that for Whiteley, but that's how he promoted back then. Anyway, uh, he saw something in me, I guess, and nurtured the, the TV part of it and started me out in Allentown with that DCI East broadcast with the weather lady from KYW in Philadelphia. That was fun, man. And plus, I got to sleep in a hotel room for a night on tour and eat a couple hot meals. <laughs> I, I thought I died and gone to heaven. Then you made the big market. I mean, you, you went to Miami, which, I mean, okay, I'm a broadcaster. I, I did almost 20 years in a top five market. When you make a market that size, that means something to a broadcaster. You're young, you're ambitious. Why on earth did you take on the Florida Vanguard and turn it into Florida Wave and take on that huge responsibility all the time where your your career's really taken off. Had I been sane, I wouldn't have done that. Had I known what I was getting into, I probably wouldn't have done that. But there's that Whiteley name again. He said, hey, you're going down there. These guys uh, had some potential, but they've got some problems. Maybe you can help them out. Now I'm now moving uh, a thousand miles from home where I don't know a soul in a brand new market. So there's that drum corps connection. There's an instant family there, if you will. The problems were much more deep-seated than I had any hint of once I started digging into it, but uh, made a commitment and said, okay, let's see what happens. Drum corps has maybe a better broadcaster. I wonder if you feel the same way and, and how you feel it has. Wow, that's a good one. Drum Corps made me a much better human being in, in so many ways and, and taught me so many life lessons. I just feel blessed in that, okay, I had a profession I love and it came very naturally. I started in radio when I was 15 in Watkins Glen and it was love at first mic and that's been it. Uh, no physical labor for me, thank you. Right, thanks. Yep. Uh, so that part of it, my career was evolving along with, with the Drum Corps at home with the Squires uh, getting better and better. So they both kind of went hand in hand. And maybe the tenacity, I think, that comes with being a part of, of drum corps, that kind of accompanies some of what you need in journalism, chasing a story or, or following through on, on things to the end, and being able to handle pressure, yeah. I think. Uh, you know, going out there and performing, you got back in the old days, you got a judge staring you down. That, that taught you a few things. And you and get rewarded if you do it well and all things work out. You get rewarded with a good number. Yeah, yeah, ideally. And if you lay an egg, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> Just like broadcasting. <laughs> you go on the air and lay an egg, you're going to hear about it. There have got to be certain years, certain broadcasts. What years were most memorable for you? On the good side, the the, the first couple were just sheer excitement. I'm, I'm a first year I was still in Rochester, New York for my real job and I'm now going to be on the PBS network live for five hours oh my gosh and then I make the move to Miami in 79 and it's a nice instant credential builder in the market hey this guy does a PBS show and I'm sitting there with Rita Moreno and Maynard Ferguson the first two years out of the box well what a thrill what a, a pure and total thrill and with, with lovely people um Gosh, the memories. Mangione was, was another great one. I grew up listening to Chuck in upstate New York. I was his dad's favorite weatherman in Rochester. Uh, that was fun. And, you know, people, drum corps, hardcore people would make fun of Kurt 
those Kurt Gowdy years, because Kurt would have a uh, an error or two, but Dan, that was Kurt Gowdy yeah. as broadcasters. Yeah, right. It's Kurt Gowdy. That yeah. man has called more World Series, Super Bowls, and other things than we could ever hope to live to call. Well, off camera, off mic, what did he think of drum corps? He loved it. He was blown away. Absolutely blown away. Uh, couldn't say enough good things about it. Now, did he fully understand it? No. But this is a, a tough nut to understand, the subtleties sure. and nuances. But he... Like everybody, that's one of the fun things about the early concepts with the show is bringing in these new people as color people. Now, in Kurt's case, he was anchoring, which made it a little more difficult for him, but exposing them to this thing that we grew up loving for the first time, and they walk away going, holy cow, that is unbelievably good. You're, you're in a large way, getting to do what every drum corps fan loves to do, and that's take a newbie to a show for the first time and introduce him to the activity. You get to do that with A-list celebrity. Well, I used to. Now yeah. I got that crotchety old <laughs> Delucia who's been around longer than I have. But uh, By the way, Will Pitts, 10 years since he got a spear in the side at yeah. Bloomington. Yeah, I think we might relive that one this weekend just ah, for fun. Okay. The reliable Rondo shtick has, has become a tradition. Has that ever made you feel uncomfortable being asked to predict a winner? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, very often you, and I think I'm probably quoted more times than not saying I got to pick with my head and not my heart, and it's going to be X as opposed to Y uh, with a sentimental favorite. That was another Whiteley thing. Hey, they got Jimmy the Greek on CBS. You're going to be reliable Rondo. <laughs> okay, let's see how That's that where goes. That's came from. I yep. did not know that. Yep. Oh, huh. I, I can blame Whiteley for any number of things. <laughs> Oh, by the way, yes. I was especially accurate when we did the post-highlight show, like in the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I bet you were dead on. I was dead on. <laughs> Your thoughts on this year? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of hyperbole. I've, I've contributed to a lot of that hyperbole about <laughs> this being one of my favorite years since 92. What do you think about the season so far? We are deeper than I've ever seen it in terms of high-quality talent and performances and productions and both world class and open class these open class cores are just a gas and what's happening in world class i'm working on the rundown today for a tomorrow night show and there's the troopers and the madisons sitting on the outside looking in at the top 15 that tells you something about the strength that we have am i crazy about some of the amplifications and maybe the over-costuming and the over-props in some instances. No, but we're doing productions out there now. We're not doing drum corps shows anymore. The, the nature of the beast has changed. The beast, there's another one. And it's just plain amazing. I had friends come to Detroit for that show. They, they live up there and they hadn't been to a show well, not a drum corps show ever. They were used to marching bands. And they said, I want you to come. I want you to see this. And after the show, they said, okay, you got to explain some of this to us because it's not at all what we were expecting. And that, I think, is a reaction of a lot of people who are new to the activity. They liked it, but it was not at all what they were expecting. And so I just don't want to see it become so expensive to operate because we have to have all these props and all these electronics and all these semis and, and everything. And that's, that's where I, I'm happy with SoundSport. And that's... I'm so grateful that they gave me the opportunity to emcee that from the beginning here in Indy. That Saturday morning is one of my favorite things here. And I'm watching these young groups and these kids that are out there for the thrill of the performance, just like we were way back when, when we started. 
and that's been a great little incubator. So it's now affording opportunities for kids to, to perform and get this experience on a lesser level, but still get it and and maybe grow it into a drum corps if that's what they want to do. But they're out there performing, and that's what really counts. Steve Rondonero, Dennis DeLucia, Will Pitts, and Tricia Shepard are ready for Big Loud and Live 15 tonight at theaters across the country. Find out more at DCI.org and get tickets at FathomEvents.com. I'm Dan Potter. I'll see you at the stadium. We'll be right back.